You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 19. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car. On today's episode, we have a special guest with us, Jeremy Swallow. Jeremy is another, what I would call, friend of the community here. And uh, he is the general manager at Bolton Ford here in Lake Charles. He has, he's married and he has two wonderful boys. He also is involved in a couple of um, entrepreneurial type adventures one of which is Main Squeeze Juice Company. And Jeremy's got a very um, impactful and inspiring story, kind of like our buddy Sean, who was on a few episodes prior to this. And when we were thinking of people um, to bring on, Jeremy's somebody that's come to my mind for a long time, uh, passed it along to the guys and they were on board. And Jeremy, thankful, ha- thankfully, has been uh, very willing and able and wants to, to tell a little bit about his story. I think you all will find it very inspiring, uh, motivating, and helpful. Um, and Jeremy's somebody that I personally look up to in life in a lot of ways. He's got a lot of energy, positivity, as I think you'll see, very infectious personality. So we look forward to, uh, to the day ahead and, and you all getting to tune in and, and see what you think about things. But before we get rolling, we'll throw it over to Johnny Boy, who's going to read us a review here for us. Well, it's nice to see that there's more people in in the uh, friend of the community category. I didn't want uh, Sean <laughs> to be in a club by himself. So that's interesting. Good it's getting seen. Good to know. All right. I got a review uh, and it's a quarantine special. It says uh, definitely filled my newfound free time with quality material, <clears throat> with quality material. And that's from Hope Laugh. Appreciate it. Again, um, thanks everybody for writing in reviews. Um, we appreciate it a lot. We like to hear the feedback. And also don't forget, if you hear something in one of the episodes or uh, overall one of our categories, you feel like somebody needs to hear that message, just forward the message to them, forward the podcast, and uh, give them that little hope they may be looking for. Thanks. Hey, Swallow. Great to have you on board. Yeah, glad to be on board, brother. Glad to have somebody else from JDP. <laughs> <laughs> One of your own on the podcast, he's referring to his, his wonderful parish over there. Um, yeah, we are uh, excited. Jeremy, how you feeling today, buddy? Feel great, man. Beautiful weather, you know, uh, alive and uh, yeah, feel good. Fighting your way through the quarantine times a little bit, huh? Yeah, it's uh, definitely been a challenging time, but uh, we're getting through it and uh, making the best of what we do have in front of us. You got to thank God every day waking up, knowing that, hey, we, we, we're not sick. Uh, we have a place of employment and all of our families are healthy and safe. Uh, yeah, so we, we did it. There you go, man. Some of that positivity coming out hot already. Um, before we get trucking into our weekly segment of Would You Rather, which Craig Cream's got the wonderful um, – idea today what he'll be coming out I'm with. so wow. nervous oh man every time you give that guy a task oh oh man. man the baton has been handed to him but before we get there jeremy why don't you tell the uh the listeners a little bit about yourself man um not necessarily into your story but a little bit about what you do yeah. i kind of alluded to it um so they can get um, an idea put a little uh a voice with a name so to speak yeah so um Obviously, they introduced me. I'm Jeremy Swallow. Uh, currently, I'm the general manager of uh, Bolton Ford here in Lake Charles, a company that's been in business for over 40 years. Um, I've been uh, able to 
you know, leadership of 138 employees um, to become a top 100 volume Ford dealer in the United States, uh, which wow. is a big achievement. And um, uh, I have, uh, I'm married for June 1st will be 14 years. I hope that's right. <laughs> 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 uh, and, uh, we can man, cut it have, in if you need us to. <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, two boys, uh, two, two wonderful sons. Uh, one's 11 and the other is seven. Um, they're both will be, uh, they'll be 12 and eight in June as well. And that's, that's my, my, my new dog we just got that y'all just heard. His name's Jet. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm about to have to move them around. But yeah, and so, Jet can uh, pop in anytime he wants. Yeah, no, that's all good. Hey, Jet. Great, Jet. Yeah, I tried to do the uh, call at the house, I mean, at work, but I had too much going on. People in and out of my office all day, so I came back home, come on my, uh, what I call my wine room, but it's a sun room. Uh, I call it my wine room, but whatever. There you go. Well, man, yeah, that's there a big you go, deal. Man. Leading, leading a ship with over 130 people on it. I know that takes a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of diligence. Uh, I'm leading a ship over here at my office of seven, and it's it's not easy to keep everybody going in the right direction. <laughs> not not in these times, you know. Some I think on a normal operating day, it, it's not too bad. Uh, but I, I was telling Matt when we, before we started that what was has been challenging is is trying to keep everyone satisfied. You want to keep your, your customer happy. You want to keep your employees happy. Then you got to keep your family happy as well in all these times. And it's un, it's uncharted water for all of us. So to go into it, you think you may be doing something right, but we've, ne we've never experienced it. So we started getting all the feedback and the feedback seems to be negative. Why are y'all open with too many people? Why can't you service my car? Why can't you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, it, and so it's been, it's been, definitely had, had, had some challenges with it but uh, but we're learning and i think uh, all of us in any business should come out uh becoming better and stronger than we've ever been before so yeah very well said man i think we all are learning in all our uh, endeavors that we all have here one day at a time do the best with what yep. we got um okay correct cream it's your time man we'll roll over to all the right, weekly guys. segment of Whoop. would you rather oh maybe man, we should take a home. break and Maybe we should take a break and pray again. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I was, I was, a couple of these could definitely go off the rail. So I'm going to go with the PG. I'll take today. that one. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, we're excited to have you on today, man. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, Jeremy is definitely a leader in the community, uh, full of energy, full of life. I can't wait to, to visit with him. And so what we do here, Jeremy, is we do a would you rather, and you just kind of pick – your uh, your best, your favorite option and just kind of try to justify it best you can. So let's see, hmm. I'm gonna go with, this one's pretty good. This is pretty simple, this'll be interesting. Would you rather have to read aloud every word you read or sing everything you say out loud? That means if you talk to anybody or ever say anything, it has to be in singing. Uh, or whenever you read anything, you have to say it out loud all the time. Uh, I would go to singing route. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just because I think uh, having to read out loud would uh, make my life boring, whereas singing would uh, keep things interesting on a day-to-day basis. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you, hot dog? <laughs> I think both, well, what comes to my mind on both is if I didn't really want to sing or to have to read, I just wouldn't talk for that matter <laughs> or read anything. <laughs> I would try to get around them both. But if I was stuck having to do one of them, I would probably hop on with Jeremy on the singing, even though I can't really sing, not really musically inclined. Oh, I can't but, uh, sing either. <laughs> but, but at least it would keep it interesting, make some people laugh. I'm yeah. sure I can get my fly language abilities in there uh, vocally. So, yeah, I'd probably go to singing. Steve. Well, for me, um, you may not know it now, but I grew up with a voice of an angel. I used to sing in church uh, <laughs> until I was about 11 or 12 or so. It was really funny. Uh, I would sing solos and stuff all the time at the Catholic Church in Jennings, and all the old ladies would cry. It was It was pretty funny. Uh, we need then, the video on this, this for sure. But then, but then, you know, what, re, 
like what recently happened to Hot Dog. I went through puberty and my voice changed. And it hasn't been the same since. So um, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of reading out loud either, but uh, I think I would probably have to go with reading out loud just for that. How about yeah, you, Craig? I'm the same thing. I, man, I toss back and forth on this one, but I, I probably read out loud just so I could, I mean, I, I guess I could read real soft. It'd be kind of annoying for people around me, but God, he will not show up. Uh, singing, man, I probably wouldn't say a whole lot if I only had to sing it, but it would be, I'd probably be pretty hilarious for those around. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go read out loud uh, for now, but hey guys, I'm going to throw this out there just to chew on. I thought this is, this is a, a backup, would you rather? Don't have to answer it, but just let your mind kind of run with this. Would you rather every shirt you ever wear be kind of itchy or only be able to use one ply toilet paper? <laughs> Man, this insight the crack cream and the would you rather is getting better by the minute. I know. If, if you were only on. able to use one ply toilet paper, do you only get one square or do you get That's multiple squares? Ah, I know they don't clarify. <laughs> one square in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to go with the itchy shirt. Yeah. I'd have to go with that too. I'm not gonna lie. Well, uh, that depends on that depends on where you are in the world. Um, when I was in Indonesia for my buddy's wedding, all of the uh, bathrooms they don't have toilet paper, and um, you base there's basically a whole hole in the floor, in the floor. and there's a shower head uh, off the wall just i walked in the first <laughs> time uh i was in the airport in singapore and i was like what is going on here do i take a shower right now let's go <laughs> what do i throw in this hole uh, my buddy works in the oil it depends on where you are my buddy awesome. works in the oil field in uh, uh somewhere in saudi arabia or on that end of the world and uh work, he's a he's a rig manager and he's been out there for, I would say, at least 10 years now. And that's how their rigs are. He said it just drops to the, to the water. <laughs> they just have holes in the, in the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry that's to go off the there, guys. I, just, I, no, I, I think that's a great uh, – some more insight into Greg Cream. We're, we're always looking for more of that around here. Um, and now that the, the listeners have that wonderful visual – in there um, heads. we will swing over to um to more of jeremy's story here and i had the uh, privilege i guess we all what we've kind of done on this is a brief little synopsis we will try to keep it uh short and not off the rails here as, as to how we kind of know jeremy a little bit and um i personally got to know jeremy a few years back on the wonderful x retreat where i got oh. very little sleep this keeps kind of rearing its head a little bit um and little did i know the the the, the uh the fruits of of this retreat would would still be benefiting us to this day which is pretty neat but um jeremy was at my table and i got to know him pretty well and then um always known jeremy seen him around the office every now and again a lot of our guys do business with him and also He's just an infectious guy. You see him, uh, he does commercials on TV, which I'm sure he's super thrilled about. And uh, he's got a couple kids who play baseball, which is a big part of my life. Um, so I've, I've known Jeremy a good bit through that. And I think that it's, uh, it's going to be a neat uh, journey that we'll be on today. So um, what about you two guys? How do y'all know Jeremy a little bit? Just to clarify, he's infectious. He's not infected. So... Yeah. No, close proximity no COVID. <laughs> so I, I've known of, Jer of Jeremy for a long time. Uh, you know, we're from the same area. Um, and the high school that I went to at his high school, uh, Welsh and Lake Arthur, were pretty big rivals, pretty big rivalries. And uh, he played sports uh, and he was the same age as my younger brother, uh, Gabriel Paul. Um, so I got to actually see him in his athletic career quite a bit and he had a huge impact on his uh team and his community at that time uh, in athletics so i've actually didn't know him personally at that point in time but i've been acquainted with him through that for years <clears throat> gregory yeah likewise so uh jeremy's wife worked at the surgery center where i perform a lot of my cases and through some of the socials we've had there I got to know him and we pretty much bought Ford vehicles as long as me and my wife have been married. And so yeah. probably once every 
two or three years, we'll go and visit Jeremy and have a few cousins that work at the dealership. And so it kind of becomes a place where we'll go to either get the car serviced or get a new vehicle. And we end up hanging out there for an hour or two, just talking to family and friends and gotten to know Jeremy there as well. They have a a wonderful business over there, great operation. They take good care of everyone. So that's where we've always gone. So socially, uh, we've gotten to know each other through work and uh, it's just been great getting to know them, you know, the Axe Retreat, uh, getting to meet them there. And that was really a special, uh, a special time. So, so pumped to have have you today, Jeremy. Yeah, Yeah, man, I can't tell y'all how excited I am to be uh, on the show with you guys. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's usually I get to see him on the screen like this, but he's usually just talking to me through the TV. I never get to talk back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got him somewhat in the flesh today here across from me. Um, yeah, and I, th- I thought for the listeners that the topic or the title of the uh, this week's episode will be from humble beginnings. Jeremy is somebody who's worked incredibly hard during his life um, to get where he is today. He's gone through a lot, and there's kind of no great way to to jump in other than to start with some more of a broad-based question for you, Jeremy, and that would be, tell us a little bit about, uh, you've gone, we've all have a road in life, about your road in yeah. life to kind of get where you've gotten today, and maybe you can help inspire and motivate some of our listeners out there a little bit. So I'll make this as brief as possible, and uh, if after I kind of give you a high-level look of yeah. it, y'all, y'all want to ask me any questions pertaining in, in, in that situation in my life. Yeah, let, let's let's talk about it. Um, that sounds perfect. But uh, yeah, so so I, I, I I'm from Jennings originally. Um, uh, my dad uh, and my mother lived in Jennings, and um, my dad comes from a family. Uh, he had 14 brothers and sisters, so a family of 15 kids. Wow. Um, they were Cajun French, so my grandmother uh, never knew how to speak a lick of English. Um, her, she raised 15 kids, did not speak English. Neither did she know how to read or write. She didn't know if you, you could give her a hundred dollar bill or a dollar bill. She didn't know the difference between it. And she raised 15 children. That's um, incredible. So I've, I've always had a lot of respect for her uh, from that uh, standpoint. She lived till, I want to say roughly like 92 years old or so. Um, she cooked with some good, uh, some hog lard. Uh, which, which uh, today <laughs> they run you out your house if you did that. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, so you just gotta find dad, you gotta find the right Cajun people who still cook like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my dad uh, actually um, is a, a somewhat of the inspiration that I had in life uh, to, to to take the journey that I'm on. My dad has a sixth grade education. He quit school in the sixth grade. Um, uh, my mom, my mom quit school in the ninth grade or, or eighth grade. I don't think she made it to the ninth. Um, they had me at a very young age. My mom was 15. My dad was 17, 18 years old. Um, I'm the oldest of three now. Um, I have a, a brother that's two years younger than me. And I have a sister that is actually 10 years younger than I am. And uh, I'm 38 now, so she's 28. And uh, But uh, we grew up in Jennings. Um, I remember, you know, living in Jennings. Uh, we didn't have a car. My dad didn't work. He was a convicted felon. Um, so it was hard for him to have find a job. Uh, the jobs he had was kind of on and off. We didn't have a car. We kind of jumped from house to house, as I remember a little bit. Um, but those time, those remembering times didn't come to a little bit later on in life. Um, but then we moved to Lake Arthur when I was, uh, I want to say, second grade. So I was eight years old, roughly, and uh, kind of started our, our, our journey there, my journey. And um, um, I, I became, I found, you know, I didn't have the things that other people had in life. Uh, some of my friends, they, you know, they, they just had a lot more than I had. And I knew I was kind of a, 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 a young boy that uh, was, I, I knew I was in an unfortunate um, family when it comes to, I guess, wealth. We didn't have it at all. And uh, I tell this jokingly, uh, but it, it, it was reality. Uh, growing up, I remember rice and gravy at times with meat was a uh, rice with a can of tomato sauce and the little red wieners. My mom would cut that up and that was rice and gravy because we couldn't afford anything else. Right. Um, so I remember those days like yesterday and it stays embedded in, in, my, in my mind and my heart all the time. 
when I get into difficult situations, I always tell myself that, you know, things could be worse. So it always helps me out to con continue to prevail moving forward. Um, but uh, growing up in Lake Arthur, a small town, everybody knows everyone. And um, I didn't want to be the, the kid that didn't have. So I decided to do things a little different in life. At uh, 12 years old, I went and got my first job. Um, I'd wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I get on my bicycle, and this was when you could actually ride a bike six blocks down the road without being scared for your life. You know, uh, <laughs> I would never let my kids do this. <laughs> but uh, I, I'd get on my bike at six o'clock in the morning, set my own on alarm. Um, I, and I was a I, I was a very big uh, athlete. I played every single if it had a ball. Growing up, I played it um, from baseball, soccer, tennis. I tried it all, um, but. Uh, I got on my bike, rode, it was four or six blocks to the baseball park and during baseball season, and I would clean the entire baseball uh, facilities, pick up the trash um, and all that. And, and the thing I was most proud of, they gave me a key to the place. They trusted this 12-year-old boy with a key. And uh, uh, the guy that was over, he would allow me one snack. He said, in the morning, you can get one snack and one drink. Um, so I'd, I'd like, you know, like Rice Krispie Treat and, and a Powerade or something. And that's what would be my breakfast when I go home. But what were, I made $75 a week doing this at 12 years old. And, okay. uh, yeah, so it was like, man, I felt rich. I was like right. $75 a week. I was 12 years old. Um, I would then go back home, take me an hour or so. I get back dressed. I get back on my bicycle and I ride to school, which was about another I don't know, six blocks or so from school. Um, but yeah, as time went on, I became a, 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 a being part of um, being an athlete in a small town really helped me with my leadership skills today. Um, I've always been told coming up, you know, you hear these stories about going to Barb where you have these really good athletes, but they wait their whole lives. Like, for instance, this year, you may have one guy, kid that worked his whole life just to play that one year at Barb. And, um, I struggle with knowing that might happen with my kids because mm -hmm. me growing up, that helped me become the leader that I was. I was able to start high school football as a freshman, started baseball as a freshman. And you, you, you have your team and you learn to, to build, uh, uh, you know, you learn to build a team being together and learn leadership skills and whatnot and coming to the city, what I call the city, um, you don't, you don't get that. But uh, yeah, so I became an athlete um, as, as things went on. Um, I continued to work. I worked in rice fields, working on farms, uh, I, I, anything I can do to make a couple extra bucks so I can fit in, so I can wear nice clothes like some of the other kids. Um, uh, then then um, as when I graduated high school, the only thing that I knew was the oil field. That's what everybody did from where I, most people did where I'm from. So uh, I went, got out of high school. I went to my senior trip. Panama City Beach, Florida. Had a good old time. And um, uh, when I got back, my dad said, hey, I got you a job in the oil field. I said, well, let's go. Sign me up. So I did that. I went to the oil field for six, eight months and realized it wasn't for me. So I said, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to pursue a baseball career. So I went to LSUE um, thinking I was going to play baseball and maybe get a college education. Uh, well, that didn't work out either. <laughs> Uh, I actually followed Lila. Uh, me and Lila uh, were uh, dating in high school. She went there, started off her nursing career at LSUE. So I went with her. Um, and then I ended up being there for a year and I ended up leaving. Um, and in how I got in the car business was I, uh, it's funny, I was working at a restaurant in college. I was working at the Cachata Casino. They had a yeah. fine dining restaurant there called Seven Clans Fine Dining. It's no longer there anymore. It's called Gumbo's, I believe now. And I would get there early, and my manager said, uh, hey, what you going to college for? I said, business. He said, what do you want to do in business? I said, I want to be a salesman. He said, well, you don't need a college degree to be a salesman. I said, really? So I like the first time somebody ever told me that. He said, yeah, you can go sell cars and insurance. I said, well, I'm gone. I was done. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I went to I, I went to the uh, stage department store, and uh, uh, I, I got me a credit applied for a credit card. I got a shirt, tie, 
some slacks and a pair of shoes. And I told my mama, I said, mama, I'm going to the city, going to get a job. And I pulled into Lake Charles. And this was like 2001, 2002. Pulled into Lake Charles. And it was called J.P. Thibodeau Nissan. I pulled off right there, went apply for the job, got the job and never looked back. And here I am today working at Bolton uh, with, uh, you know, my lovely family and uh, amazing team. And uh, yeah, really thriving. So it's good. That's kind of the overview of my, my life. And we can dig a little deeper, but that's kind of the overview. It, it gets a lot deeper than that. And uh, I, I didn't want to take up the whole time. No, you do, you do, you do, you do it good, man. No, we, we love it. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can talk as much as you want. Take us a little bit back. Uh, we'll try to maybe work it a little chronologically. I kind of remember this story, and I may be off of some of this, but I, I remember you telling me you still remember as a kid, like, picking up cans Yeah, yeah. Um, so, somewhere yeah, along is, the way. This is one that touches my heart and kind of gets emotional sometimes, so if I get emotional, uh, you know. Um, so uh, from Lake Arthur to Jennings is a, um, I want to say it's about 11 mile stretch. And um, we had one car that barely ran at this specific time. And I didn't, my, me and my dad were not close. Like we, growing up, I had no interest in him. He, for a long time, didn't have any, we didn't have any common interest. He had never played sports. He was, uh, you know, like I said, a convicted felon. He did some dr things with drugs and whatnot and um, no education. So we were just on two different radars, really. And right. um, But what I did, the times I did as a young boy, did spend with my father, we, I were, few things really stick out to me and touch my heart and, and really keeps my, my drive uh, day in and day out. And one of the stories is we, we would walk that 11, 10, 11 mile stretch um, in the ditches from Jennings to Lake Arthur. We go up to Lake Arthur and then we come back into Jennings. We lived in Jennings at that time. So I must have been about eight years old, seven, eight years old. Okay. And all I remember, I remember putting my boots on and uh, being in that ditch with my dad. We picking up cans, filling it up. My mom would drive the car ways away and we walk to my mama's car. We load the stuff up in the car. And she drive further and we walk in the ditch and just picking up. And uh, at the time, I, I was excited. I was with my dad. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm doing what my dad's doing. I got my boots on. I'm with him. But I, it didn't come to realization until I got older of what he was really doing for us. And, and it was really just feeding us. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't have eaten. And uh, it's crazy to say that just being from right down the road and to know that people really live that way. But it was reality for us. And uh, I didn't appreciate it as much as I do today um, because my dad could have went down a different road in life. And he did for his, his early years, but he decided to, to provide for us in a different way. Even though I didn't agree with a lot of things he did in life growing up, these small things that I do remember um, has really impacted me in a way that has helped me become the person that I am today. And today, for everyone to know, me and my dad are best friends. Um, we we talk <laughs> just about every day. Uh, it, you know, he works here in the refineries. He's now been working for Turner Industries for 30 years. And, no uh, uh, yeah, and he, he's an amazing man, amazing grandfather and uh, uh, to my children. So, but it has really impacted me uh, that, that doing that uh, doesn't go too often that I don't think about those things. Well, started off, starting off walking around like that in your rubber boots. I know I did a lot of that, you know, walking around in the rice fields and other things and similar stuff. I'm sure that helped you out in your athletic career, tromping through all that muddy, <laughs> yeah. those muddy ditches, building up that, yeah. that leg power I saw you have in athletics. Yeah. yeah. It had, it had, I, would, I wouldn't have thought about that, but yeah, that, that probably has something I got to a, do with it. I got it. a question for you. Um, mm -hmm. My grandmother was uh, from France and she didn't speak any English and uh, they did not pass down the French. Uh, my grandfather spoke French also and they would not allow um, my dad or any of his brothers and sisters to speak French in the house uh, because at that time the French speaking kids were really put aside if they weren't able to speak English uh, fluently and they were treated more of handicapped uh, in the situation. Oh, so wow. um, none of my 
uncles and aunts spoke French. Did any of your, uh, does your dad speak English and French? And was that a common thing that happened in your all's house or was the French continued? Um, me personally, uh, I don't know any French, uh, especially Cajun French. Um, uh, but going to, um, the family functions growing up Christmas and whatnot, when I was able to, to uh, be around my family, that's all they spoke. So my, 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 my dad has never, my grandmother never knew how to speak English. So mm-hmm. in order to communicate, they had to know how to speak English uh, or otherwise you wouldn't speak to her. So when I yeah. go, to go back a little bit, when I was in college at LSUE, she lived in Eunice. Um, and in my, during my breaks I had between classes, I would go visit her. And, um, <clears throat> I would sit on the couch just sit, sitting there with her with no conversation and she would go cook me some homemade French fries and biscuits and whatever and just no conversation but she, I knew she enjoyed me being there because at that time everybody had kind of moved away and she didn't have her kids or her grandkids around so I knew she enjoyed it so I would just go there and just sit without any conversation. What I'm gathering here Jeremy what on a somewhat lighter note, is you're pretty close to your dad, like you're saying. And I think John, Craig and I have been really imploring on John to talk to his family more, especially his <laughs> mom and dad. And it made me smile when you said, man, I talk to my dad almost every day because I'm the same. I talk to my parents just about every day as well. And uh, John, so I hope you're taking, there's a little bit of inspiration here for you too. Craig and I have been trying and now Jeremy can hop on the wheel with us. Uh, Mama Caraway, we're still trying for you. Don't worry. Well, my dad's not a big phone talker. It's uh, what do you want? Okay, bye. I'm, I'm still working on Mama Caraway. We we trying to help her out. <laughs> that is oh awesome. yeah, my dad. My dad's actually a talker. Uh, uh, he if he gets to talking with you, he will talk. I mean, look, man, he 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 talks more than I do. He'll keep you on the phone forever. You will you you'll have to beg. You'll have to make up a story to get off. Like, man, somebody walked in my office, Dad. I gotta let you go. He kept me on the phone for forty minutes just talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome, Jeremy. We actually have more in common now that we've had this discussion that I, I didn't realize. I too like Rice Krispie treats. Um, <laughs> I, also, I also I like the chocolate my, drizzle on the top. Chocolate of it. drizzle. Oh my gosh, those are so good. I also had my senior. Uh, had my senior trip at Panama City and yeah. worked fine dining in college, which is, uh, yeah. and my great grandma's from Jennings and speaks French. So, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot in common. It's actually interesting something you said about, you know, and we, we look at our lives and how we were raised and how things that happened to us or didn't happen to us or experiences we had impact who we are as adults. Um, a lot of people have this expectation, I guess, to success for their family might be monetary it might be uh you know providing a certain experience but with as children all they want is you right they just want your attention and you look back and that moment that you had with your dad that experience is what stuck with you and so i think that's a great message for people out there that might feel less than or that they can't um, be who they think they need to be for their children or their children just want them they just want that experience they want to be able to Mm -hmm. shadow them and mirror them and and feel like they're part of their life, whether it's good or bad. The kids don't always know what's going on, but that's a that's a pretty awesome memory you shared there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I live, I live my life a, a lot to become a person that I don't think I could, I ever thought I could become, nor did I think did people think I could become. Um, so I really go at it at a way that I want to put my best foot forward every day. If it's being on this podcast with you guys and laughing and having a good time or, you know, going to play ball with my kid or shit, going to boil crawfish. I want to be the best at it. I want to put my best foot forward when I do it. And, uh, and, and I think by doing those things um, every each and every day, I don't think we can go wrong, man. Uh, you know, I think, I think some people Absolutely. think that, hey, the way I was or my past or, you know, I've had all these different uh, roads that I had to travel that life can't be good and I think life can be as good as you want it to be. It's just what you're going to, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? You know, what, how you, what, what side of the bed are you going to wake up on? I think in, in life it can be great. It's all up to you. 
What kind of paint, kind of picture you want to paint today, Jamie? That that's good. I say that all the time. We get the ability to wake up and paint whatever picture we want to paint. One of the things I'm noticing from you, Jeremy, is the fact that you kind of—I'm not saying a chip on your shoulder, like a cocky chip, but a chip on your shoulder in the sense of you won't back down. When you and I were visiting before Craig and John got on here, the different avenues, uh, entrepreneurship that you're going into—that there's nothing that nobody can tell you that you can't do necessarily. Man, you hit the nail on the head. I actually, I actually have, a, 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 that's one of my sayings, like, there is nothing. If someone tells me, if I want to do it, there's nobody going to tell me it's not achievable. If each and every day, if I decide if I want to achieve it or not. And obviously, I, I, I mean, I'm a prayer. I believe in God. I know God. I know that I have God's favor in a lot of ways where I, I believe that his, he has dealt me some cards with leadership and I make sure that I put forth that effort with my leadership because if, if I don't, I really feel like not only letting myself down, the people around me, but God as well. Um, you know, not everybody has leadership skills. And I feel that that is one of my strong points. And I think the road, my journey to get there, this is God's way. He took me through all these, this journey to get me to the point so that, uh, you know, I can lead people in the, in the tough waters that we're in today. Yeah. I think that that's, uh, extremely well said that you have not let your past or upbringing define you in the sense of, um, a ceiling on what you can and cannot accomplish yeah. in life, but you've let it define you in the sense of you can do anything and that it has helped you out quite a bit in your life. Um, when you talk about the, the faith journey, do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about that? Uh, God being a part of your life, because I'm sure there's times that you probably have maybe questioned, man, why am I on this route or how, how, what put me on this way? My upbringing, I was brought into this situation you don't seem to be a guy that, that cries over spilled milk, so to speak. Uh, but what about that part of things in your life? On our trip, did, did I tell you a part of that? Did you remember part of my story about my, my way with God? Do you, you recall any of that? I, Maybe a little vagueness to yeah. it, but not uh, a the, to be honest with you, I've always been really the, the picking up the cans on the side of the road, resonating yeah. me like with, with no other man, quite, quite. Um, inspirational because it's one of those like simplistic uh not saying it, whatever really moving, of the wrong yeah. things yeah very very much so but yeah man why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah so man uh, where my my parents live at still today um where i grew up um the catholic church is on the same street so it's at the end of the street and there's only three houses on the street and it runs to the ends so i can throw my baseball and hit the front door of the catholic church so I'd already always remember the bell ringing, the big bell on top of the church. Don't, don't. But the only time I had ever been to church was growing up my entire life was um, on Friday mornings before football. That's what we did. We go in there to church Friday mornings. Uh, um, the priest would pray for us. And then we'd go to have breakfast uh, and then go to school and then we'd go play football that evening. And, um, my parents had never uh, introduced God in my life at all. Like I never owned a Bible until I, I may be wrong on the age, but I, I want to say I was around 25 years old before I got my first Bible. Um, so I struggled a lot with um, the way things had went on in my life. I got in a very, very bad car accident when uh, I was right out of high school. Actually my first, uh, hitch in the oil field. I went out there for my first 14 days on my way back. Um, we got in a very bad accident. Um, we were going, we were on the interstate going 70, 75 miles an hour, whatever we may have been doing. And I was sitting in the passenger seat, uh, eating Starburst, which I love Starburst, <laughs> but, uh, right. fellow man of candy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and next thing you know, I, all I remember still to this day is two things in the, uh, maybe three things in this whole accident. Uh, is the guy driving was like, oh shit. And um, me, I remember balling up, pulling my foot out of something. And um, I remember laying on the side of the interstate, uh, 
uh, with a guy that I still don't know who it is today. I just remember him telling me that I'll never be able to see again. <laughs> uh, today, I'm like, I don't know why he would have told me that. But what happened was we had a blowout, and um, uh, we were in a Ford Bronco, and we flipped. Um, we had some of our coworkers behind us, um, and they seen it all happen. We were following each other back from uh, Fouchon. We were heading back to Lafayette, and um, it, we flipped six to seven times, and the guy that was actually driving flew out the vehicle. And um, from that day, like, I felt like my life could have been taken or should have been taken, um, but I felt like God was giving me a, uh, he, gave, he gave me the second chance. But I struggled with it because I felt like the closer I got to God and in, my, in, my, in, in, in finding my way with God, I would get very scared because in my mind, I was telling myself, what a, once I get close to you and I accept you in my life, God, you're going to take me because I should have been taken before. But I, I, I didn't have the knowledge that I have today in, in knowing what God's way was for me is so much greater than taking me. It's to really lead, I feel, to lead the life that I'm living today and helping people and building people up and leading people to um, um, to a much better place in life. And uh, so um, from that point, once I really figured out and accepted God in my life and knew that he's not taking me, it's for something much greater. Um, my life has really completely changed since then um, in how I feel about everything I do day to day. So, yeah. And that's awesome, Jeremy. You mentioned, uh, you know, you're obviously in some significant leadership roles, not only in your own home, but at work. And you're taking these life experiences and sharing them with people and helping them uh, succeed at their uh, at their job or in what they're trying to accomplish. What are some of the approaches you use when you have a team uh, to, to lift them up, to motivate them, to inspire them? Uh, what's sort of your, your approach uh, in helping folks? Yeah, my number one, uh, I, my number one goal is I, I don't allow people to make excuses for anything. So in our big uh, boardroom, uh, it's not much of a boardroom, but our boardroom, uh, I have no excuses. That's the number one thing. You just, I don't, there's no excuse for us not to be able to take care of a customer in our business, uh, take care of a customer or, um, you know, if we lose a deal, I feel like if the customer gave us an opportunity, we had the opportunity. So there's no excuse for it. We just have to figure out what we did wrong. Um, so no excuses is a big deal for me. But in the leadership role, I would never, ever belittle someone in front of anyone else. Uh, I'm, you know, through my, I've been in the business for 18 years now, and I've seen some managers and some leaders, uh, if you want to call them leaders, that that's their way of building themselves up. Um, so in our industry, what I've learned through the years is early on in my career, I was, I was chasing money just because of maybe my background. Like I wanted money cause I didn't have it growing up. So I was a money chaser. And, um, today I don't even think about that. I think about if I put other people in a better position in their life, in the position I'm in, I'm going to be taken care of, but they got to come to work happy. They got to go home happy. Everyone's got to be satisfied. If they come to work with a clear mind, a clear conscience every single day, know we're doing the right thing um, and, and really taking care of our families and taking care of our customers, everything's going to be just fine for me. So it's, it's not about me anymore. And I make sure that I put uh, the, the employees as on the pedestal, not me. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys, I believe that eat, uh, leaders should eat last. We should feed our people up front and um, in turn, we'll be okay if we make sure that they're successful. So. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so are any of these things that you implement in your life today, are those uh, lessons that maybe you learned or things that you picked up along the way through younger uh, athletics, that kind of thing? I know you talked about that being a big part of your life and learning a lot yeah. of leadership during that time. No, certainly being from a small school, um, the more elite athletes uh, certainly have a big role to play in that aspect. Do you feel like that had any influence on you personally? I, I would say it's one of my top three uh, influences that has allowed me or helped me to be successful in life. But I'm, I was also a dreamer, like most people are, right? But 
I would have, I, I would go to the basketball court by myself and uh, I would, I would be bouncing my basketball, acting like somebody's, I'm, I'm being guarded by someone shooting the ball. I would do that every day. Uh, like I said, with, with a baseball, I would pick up a baseball. And I, uh, one thing my dad did do, he put a tire against our fence in our little bitty yard. And I would throw that baseball until my arm couldn't go no more just to be, just to try to be better. Because it was the only way that I knew to, I guess, get recognized in, in, the, in, in, in the school. I, I, I feel like because I was from an unfortunate family that I knew that I could do more. And I had the capabilities, and I really worked hard at it to do so. So I put the time in, I put the effort in, put the work in. But when I got to that level, that high school level, to be that leader, um, I really took the leadership role. I really grabbed that 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 ball bull by the horn, and uh, I ran with it. And uh, I was the quarterback in high school, even at my five foot seven statue. It really is to be a quarterback. <laughs> but um, we, we ran the ball. We was a running team. Uh, our coach came. He, he loved the Nebraska offense, so we did a lot of beer running. And um, um, I, you know, I was a quarterback, a strong safety on defense, and uh, I was the kickoff returner. Um, and I mean, we had a small school. You don't have you, have, you might have to play. On, on that field, you know, the entire time the game is going on. And I really think that has helped me being able to maneuver from position to position and, and pivot when need, pivoting needed to be done. It really helped me in today's world to be able to do those things. Very neat, Jeremy. Um, I got a couple other questions for you um, before we kind of start wrapping things up here a little bit. And that is, <clears throat> you still seem to be very humble. You've, you've come a lot, you've come from some very humble beginnings and you have made a lot of yourself, first and foremost, as a human being and, and look, your relationship with God, things like that, very neat. But from a material standpoint, you've done very well in life. Um, you have not backed down from any challenges um, and that has paid off your hard work, et cetera. But you still seem to be the same old little town, Jeremy, in a lot of ways, yeah. not, not going to ever, you know, some people come into some good happenings in those ways, professionally, money, et cetera, and go down a different road. You still seem to be pretty humble. Uh, can you speak maybe for the listeners on A, that outlook in life, and then B, maybe what your upbringings, how that's maybe rubbed off on you being a dad to your children a little bit? Yeah, so I will say I, I am very humble, but I do like good wine and I love good food. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I love good wine and good food. Um, um, that is like uh, probably the, the biggest change I've had in my life um, that I have been able to experience that I really, really enjoy is that uh, I, I have been able to have the opportunity to eat some very good food. Um, uh, and I've been able to have some pretty good bottles of wine or glasses bottles whatever <laughs> but uh <laughs> both of them um but uh yeah so um it, it goes back uh, it goes back to my childhood of i still have some fear in me of never wanting my children to live in the way that i did not that it was a bad thing because i came out of this to i think to be great things was it's worked out well for me, but I don't, I want my kids to experience a different life and I want to give them different challenges still to set them up for success, but not in the way I did of, uh, of financially, um, uh, not being financially successful. And look, financially successful for, for people, I think could go in so many different ways. I think we all know that you can have someone that is makes you know an average income uh, I mean, i'll just throw a number out there five six thousand dollars a month to be happier than someone making a million dollars i think we all have heard stories like that and i think once you find that that spot in your life where you're satisfied with if you're a person that wants to be satisfied you you stick it there and and, and then you build you build that life for your children you, you teach them the morals and teach them the work ethics and you do those things to show them what it takes to get to that point in life i'm choosing to be um um i say very aggressive uh when it comes to investing uh, i'm not afraid to invest in anything i'm not afraid to really go out on the limb 
um, I, I, I feel like if I don't take that leap, that it will, like, I'm always going to regret not trying. And uh, I believe in trying is better than not trying because I live with that forever knowing, well, what if I would have, right? Uh, so um, with my children, um, we what we've done, I've been able to implement here because I don't, I want them to have the nicer things in life. I think we all do. Um, but my children have chores and uh, they, we have it's a, just a notebook paper and with all their chores and it's got how much they get per chore. And then when they want something in life, something nice, um, they have to earn it. My son wanted a uh, G-Shock watch. I think that was going on for a little while. My kids go to Queen of Heaven. And they wanted a G-Shock watch. And I was like, those son, that's a $100 those watches. Those watches are pretty popular. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, it's a $100 watch, son. I said, uh, you're, you're, at the time, I think he was nine or 10. I'm like, I'm not buying you that. And uh, I said, but I'll tell you what, you keep earning your money. You can buy whatever watch you want. And that's exactly what he did. He, he, he actually, he earned it. And it took him about two months to decide to pull the trigger when he had to spend his own money. <laughs> but, uh, but he did it. And we do that um, every day. And we, we actually have our kids with a little tour list and we make sure that they do these things to know that what we have just doesn't come easy. And um, it does take a lot of work and um, um, it takes a lot of time away from them. Uh, at, at times, you know, I'm, I am gone. I am in the car business. And we work a lot of hours i mean uh, our typical hours uh are eight to seven roughly and that's six days a week and uh we're blessed to be in louisiana that we have a we have a law that you can't sell cars on sunday <laughs> so otherwise we'd be working seven days a week <laughs> so. i think that's good uh you know my parents kind of did the same thing with us whenever we were growing up uh you know, there was a ton of us. So, you know, everybody wanted name brand things, but what my parents did similar things, they would, you know, if you wanted to work, earn some money to buy a name brand shirt or shoes or whatever it was, that was something that, uh, you know, you had to do if you wanted to get it. And certainly it helped me uh, learn a work ethic uh, and realize that, you know, you don't just go pick out what you want. If you want something bad enough, you figure out a way to to earn your keep and uh, to get, you know, what your ultimate goal is. I think that's great. Yeah, I will say, you know, something that I had wrote this down. I wrote like two things down. This is one of them that um, I, I keep it on my phone to always remind me. Um, you can't go back and change the beginning, uh, but you can start where you are today and change your ending. And I, I, that really fits well with me because it, it again it doesn't matter what anyone's past is um yes we all go through you know these roads and they're bumpy some of them are curvy and windy um, but if we recognize those things we can really start where we at to if it's to better our family financially or better our lives and become closer to god be a better father husband whatever it may be, we have the ability to change in ourselves. And with people like this podcast, man, I can't tell y'all, thank y'all enough for really putting this on because I don't know how many people this is going to reach, but if we can touch one person that can help change their life by having this, this call, this, it means the world to me. And there's, there's so many people out there to thank for me being where I'm at um, and, and giving me the opportunity to do what I do each and every day and uh and this is one of them i mean y'all reached out and this is this is exciting for me and i'm i hope at some level i'm this helps change at least one person's life no, no man, that's i can't imagine that it won't yeah it's been incredible yeah it's a great story and uh you know i think there's a lot of people who maybe fall into the category of your upbringing who uh just fall on despair and may look in another direction uh an easier way to make money uh, doing other things like that. Uh, and it brings up a quote that I'd like to share. Um, and it says, uh, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I think your story uh, epitomizes that quote. So just want to share it with you. Good. Thank you, man. That was awesome, Steve. Yeah, Jeremy, your story is uh, is amazing. And there's so many people out there who they've never had anybody talk to them or, or give them their story so they, they think they're the only ones who've gone through these tough times and they don't always have the answers but they need to hear it from somebody else to put that thought in their head and put that idea and 
give them that hope. So you're definitely uh, going to touch a lot of people by sharing that. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, thank you again, guys. I, I, I mean, I have, I wish I could sit on here another hour and talk to you guys. Uh, <laughs> and maybe, may, and maybe we can do that on 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 our own personal time outside of this. And uh, I would love to really uh, get sit down and chat with y'all. Never know what uh, how many more people we can touch by doing this. Yeah, man, I think that would be a, a great idea. And look, we normally close this thing out or, with uh, our guests asking this question, Jeremy, and that is, who do you think is driving your car? That could be God, it could be free will, it could be your job, it could be health, it could be the pandemic we got going on out there, it could be a combination of things. What comes to your mind whenever uh, you hear that question, my man? Urgency. Sense of urgency. That's the name <laughs> of my car. Urgency. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, everything's a sense of urgency. Yeah, you know, I, I want to get it now. I want it. I want it done now. <laughs> yeah, there's no better time than right now. It's, yeah, nah, man, awesome. that's a that's a great yeah. take on things. Okay, guys, we will roll into the weekly segment of what made you pump the gas and or what made you hit the brakes. And this week we've got a uh, what made you hit the brakes, and Jeremy's actually going to fill us in on that. So, Jeremy, what made you hit the brakes this week, my man? Yeah, man. Well. um, Emotional roller coaster uh, with with this pandemic going on. I think it's untraded waters for everyone, and uh, trying to uh, balance life with work and uh, my family at work, my family at home. Uh, I, I got to a point uh, on yesterday where I felt like I needed to just open up and release the, everything I've been holding on to my chest and. Uh, I thank God and very, very thankful to have the wife that I have that I was able to come home, actually step away from our children and just kind of had a breakdown and just let her know how I was feeling and just really relieve all the the emotions that I've been holding on to these last four weeks. Um, and uh, and after that was all done, it, uh, I think it really gave me the gas to keep on going now. So it, it, it was a relief. No, that's a, yeah. that's a great story, Jeremy, and I think that's uh, a lot of people are in that situation where they hold in a lot of those things uh, that may be stressing them out, may be causing them anxiety. But, uh, you know, like we've talked about before in other podcasts, sometimes it's uh, healthy to release those things in uh, a way that is productive for you, because if you hold it yeah. inside, you know, you can't cause some damage, though. That sounds like a yeah. great move, man. Yeah. Well, thank that you, guys. awesome, Jeremy. That was awesome, man. Yeah, there's so much uncertainty. And as men and leaders and providers, we put it all on our shoulders uh, so much at work and at home. And to have, a, to have a wife that you can go to and be vulnerable with and let her see that and support you and lift you up because, you know, we do it for them as well. And uh, it's, it's, it release, it's just spiritually healing, emotionally healing. And, and that's just beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I would toggle along. All part of the human emotions, man. We're meant to experience them in life and uh, support systems. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast, so it's always good to have those yeah. uh, those around too, man. And look, uh, in closing, Jeremy, we just want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, yeah. I think yeah. your story is great. Man. It's infectious. I'm myself and motivated just sitting here. Um, uh, John, Steve, y'all got anything to say before we shut down? Yeah, man, we enjoyed having you on. Uh, and it's great to be able to talk back to you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah, man, it was it was awesome. I'm, I'm gonna add some urgency to my to do list today. I feel good. <laughs> yeah, let's get it done. Best get it time done. right now, guys. Let's go. That's, That's awesome. right. Yeah. Well, look, uh, we appreciate everybody tuning into the special episode with uh, Jamie Swallow, and hope you can take something from it. That no matter what your upbringings are, no matter where you are in life, like Jeremy says, you can start it today. Start moving forward. Start making some positive waves in your life. And uh, hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Maybe share some of your stories with us. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Aye. <laughs>
Baby, baby, baby.